This is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that The Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Today, our guest is a former community organizer, civil rights attorney, and corporate executive. Originally from the Boyle Heights neighborhood of Los Angeles, uh, where her protagonist, Yolanda Avila, uh, lives, she and her wife are home bar enthusiasts and avid travelers. I can get into that, boy. They host cocktail lesson-themed fundraisers. Now, that's something I can imagine are popular. Um, she is the author of the book, As You Look, which I believe is her debut novel, a Yolanda Villa Mystery. It's my pleasure to introduce Veronica Gutierrez. Hi, Veronica. How are you doing today? Hi there. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Good to have you on. Thank you. Uh, you have had a most interesting career or series of careers. Uh, which one of those things did you start with? <laughs> Um, well, probably the uh, work in politics. I worked in local government for uh, quite a while before I practiced law. Um, and then I went off and moved into uh, public affairs, uh, doing work similar to what I did in, uh, in, in public service. Interesting. Uh, how were you involved in politics? Uh, I worked with um, on various campaigns for uh, local government in Los Angeles. I uh, I uh, helped the uh, first uh, uh, Latina uh, councilwoman in Los Angeles uh, get elected and work on her staff for a bit. Then she uh, worked on a, a campaign. I also worked on a campaign to get her elected as the first county supervisor uh, where she served for more than 20 years uh, and uh, uh, it was just fantastic. Um, then I, I also worked for uh, uh, another council member who uh, became a uh, uh, president of the school board and was actually the president of the school board twice, uh, worked with her in the city uh, for a little bit. And then most recently, uh, a friend of mine asked if I could help uh, uh, Mayor Karen Bass set up her office when she was first elected. And I did that for oh, about five months or so at the beginning of her administration, which was a lot of fun. Wow. But it was a lot of work too, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, it's a, It's definitely a, a a young person's sport, let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
and you were a civil rights attorney. Who did you work for? I worked with, for a small firm um, that um, focused on civil rights. Uh, it was called uh, Litton Marcus at the time. Um, uh, Litton Associates, it became later, but um, they, uh, they focused on um, uh, employment discrimination, on um, slumlord litigation, police abuse, um, those uh, civil rights, those types of things. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed working with my clients in that world. Interesting. Yes. And I really admire you for doing that work. Uh, did you handle specific types of those cases or did you kind of cover the waterfront? Um, it was um, pretty much all of them. Um, Multi-plaintiff um, uh, cases involving um, uh, slumlords, um, which uh, received really good settlements for our clients uh, who were living under very difficult uh, conditions. Uh, and a, a couple of police abuse cases, uh, one of which involved uh, another big multi-plaintiff lawsuit where um, the um, LAPD um, got kind of out of hand during a, a union protest that, that they had permits for. Um, so uh, that um, actually resulted in some pretty good changes within the LAPD, I think. Um, and also represented a police officer who was subject to some pretty bad discrimination in another in a local uh, uh, police department uh, who, uh, who suffered some pretty bad uh, anti-Semitic um, harassment. Um, and, uh, and that was a very rewarding case to, to win as well. I can imagine, yes. And you were also a corporate executive. How did you get into that? And who did you work for that? In that capacity, <laughs> well, I um, I ended up uh, being recruited by uh, the local utility company um, from uh, from the city of Los Angeles when I was working for uh, for Jackie Goldberg, who's uh, who's the council member at that time, and uh, learned that I could do a lot of similar work but with more resources. So I joined their public affairs uh, department, stayed on for quite a while, uh, did some regulatory work as well and had an opportunity to work in Washington DC and in San Francisco and in Sacramento uh, for that company and uh, was fortunate to be able to retire early from that and, uh, and get on with my writing career. That's fantastic. All of that is wonderful stuff. That is really great. Tell us about As You Look. What inspired you to write this story? Well, I had been Thinking about the story since uh, early in uh, in my days at the at working for the city of Los Angeles, just coming across so many characters, so many life stories, and uh, and it just kind of came uh, came at me. It, it's modified it over the years, but you know, I kept thinking about the story before I actually put um, pen to paper. But um, it's basically a a, a novel that um, centers on a woman's um, balance or attempt to balance you know, grief and guilt and, and nascent psychic uh, tendencies um, who, uh, who happened to grow up where I grew up in Boyle Heights in, in Los Angeles and uh, dealt with a, a lot of the ins and outs of some of the political and union issues and, um, and neighborhood issues as well. That kind of stuff always interests me. <laughs> um... I have started your book, actually, and I have to say, and this is totally not a spoiler, mm -hmm. wow, does guilt play a role in it? 
Um, what inspired you to create this particular private eye ex-cop who happens to be Latina and feels such a crushing guilt over what I won't say? I'll yeah. leave that as a, a teaser. <laughs> yeah, well, um, part of it, I think, really uh, is a, a, an outgrowth of the mystery novels that, that I love to read. Um, the, you know, the strong uh, female uh, characters in them, you know, Sarah Paretsky and, and Kara Black were among uh, the first that I really loved, the, the V.I. Warshawski novels and the Leduc uh, novels. And, um, and I really enjoyed those. And I thought, you know, I, I especially liked the focus on the location. Um, the the fact that you know Chicago in Sarah Paretsky's novel is another character, Paris is another character in the in, in the uh, Kara Black novels. You know your own novels, the the, the Sam McRae novels uh, you know, featuring Baltimore and the D.C. area. I love novels that focus on place, and uh, and I wanted to do that because you don't really see the neighborhood where I grew up being featured in um, in a. Uh, the general media, at least not in a positive way, and uh, and it's a wonderful neighborhood. So I wanted to make sure I I, I captured it somehow, and, and that's part of what uh, got me going on it. And the and then as for the character, the main character, um, you know, she happens to be lesbian, and uh, and it's just a you know a matter of fact. It's it's not a, a, a central part to the story necessarily. It just it just happens to be who she is. And uh, and it reflects uh, she and her friends reflect uh, a lot of uh, of my friends and uh, and my community. So I was looking forward to writing that as well because I don't haven't read uh, anyone like her in uh, in other novels. It's nice to be able to write the kind of story you want to see out there. You know the kind of book you want to read, and That's when right. other people want to read it, it's like, ooh, you get it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And it really is. It is. Uh, what authors have most inspired? You named a couple. Sarah mm -hmm. Paretsky, I know. I mean, talk about an inspiring writer, totally. Is there anyone else you, you'd name as particular favorites? Um, sure. Um, you know, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Head uh, writes a, a Charlie Mack series uh, focused in, in Detroit. Uh, Tracy Clark uh, also has a, a great series, the Cassandra Raines series in Chicago. Um, uh, Naomi Hirahara, who's uh, has focused in the past on uh, on, uh, on Pasadena, you know, branched out and recently uh, had one focus in in the Chicago and and now again in in LA. Um, and they are um, uh, historical novels, uh, uh, in, in the latest ones, the the Aki Ito uh, novels. So uh, all of them are 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 great uh, inspiration, I think. Uh, for for writing, um, and then the authors that I meet at the uh, author conferences too. You know, you make friends there, and you see them. You know, struggling with their own writing, and and, uh, and it's uh, actually uh, inspired me as well to get back to to uh, beyond the research, so I could start writing again for my second novel. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Um, are you uh, working on a sequel? Yes, um, and that's that's part of uh, what I need to get back to. Um, the uh, the neighborhood um, where I grew up is a, an entry point of a lot of uh, for a lot of immigrants in Los Angeles, and uh, I don't have a whole lot of that in the first novel, other than the Latino aspect. But um, a lot of the Japanese who uh, uh, 
came basically moved over from Little Tokyo, which is across the river, um, you know, made a, a living and a life there before they were taken off to, you know, the camps uh, in World War II. Uh, many of them returned and the, the culture is still there. It's very evident and their influence in Blythe's as is the, the Jewish community. So um, in my second novel, I, I want to work a, a little bit on the, uh, the Japanese influence there and have a character um, who, who uh, came back from one of the camps uh, and, uh, and, and how his life intersects with uh, the Latino community there as well that helped his family. That sounds interesting, very interesting. Um, you also have another book called My Little Black Cocktail Book. Tell us about that. Oh, that's actually a, 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 a journal. It's a, it's a blank book. It's a journal that a friend of mine encouraged me to, uh, to publish uh, when I was looking at the self-publishing process. What, do, what is the self-publishing process like? And I didn't have a, a book with a lot of content, but I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try and publish this journal because it's something that I could use. Um, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a bar enthusiast. My wife and I are bar enthusiasts. And we find that bartenders are, are like authors. They are the most generous people in the world. And um, when you go to a bar, if you sit at the bar and talk up the bartender, they'll share recipes with you. So I had all of these recipes and a lot of, you know, cocktail napkins and little pieces of papers and all. So I thought I'll put it together in a book um, so that it will be easier to, to write down the recipes and keep it all in one place. Um, and I did that. I had it uh, self-published, essentially, and and uh, I actually give it away a lot um, at our fundraisers, and uh, I gave it away at a conference recently as well. Uh, it's it's usually a pretty uh, big hit. So uh, that I was, was gonna say, that's a great approach. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. Um, if your uh, novel were made into a movie, who could you picture playing Yolanda? Oh goodness! I you know. Maybe someone like a Neva Longoria, um, you know, could probably uh, pull it off well. Um, uh, maybe, um, oh, uh, America, uh, what is her name? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, who's in uh, in Barbie. Um, yeah. Could pull, pull it off as well. Oh, I can't think of her last name for some reason. I know I've seen her in... Um... The, the show about the big box store. <laughs> right, right. Um, America Ferrara, I think it is. Yeah. That's, I think that's it, yeah. Since yes. you, yes, yes. Since you like to travel, have you ever considered travel writing? Um, I, uh, I have considered blogging about it. You know, one of the things that really encouraged me to, um, to, combined the two uh, was uh, Kara Black's uh, Emma LeDuc uh, series. She's from the Bay Area, but she writes about Paris and writes about a different arrondissement uh, in, in every novel. And I love Paris. So it's one of my favorite cities in the world. So uh, every time I travel, I, I try to read one of her novels on the way there um, so that I can go and visit that neighborhood when, I, when I'm in Paris. So I have considered that, uh, but probably more for blogging than for an actual uh, um, novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good approach, too. I mean, blogging about your travels is fantastic. I've done it before. It's fun. Um, 
Tell us a little bit about Mixology on a Mission. How did that start and how do you keep it going? Well, um, it's uh, it's actually been a lot of fun to do. Like I said, and bartenders are very generous with their um, with their uh, recipes. Um, and I, I generally take the, the, the little black cocktail book uh, with me when I go to a bar. And if the bartender is especially engaging, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give them a copy. And my wife and I did a, a trip to um, Mexico City, where we visited a lot of the cocktail um, bars there, and the, the bartenders were, were really friendly. They were they were adorable, and they, they provided a lot of recipes. I came back and bought a hydrator as a result of one of the recipes that they gave me, so um, to hydrate citrus. But um, hmm. but when they did that, when we you know we host parties um, all the time, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing something good. So um, uh, we ended up hosting a couple of fundraisers at our home and then thought, you know what, why don't we just do a cocktail lesson? It gives a, a different feature to the fundraiser. And so um, we came up with it and we decided to help small nonprofits that are trying to develop their donor base. A lot of people, younger people especially, aren't used to donating to nonprofits. So this is one way to get them in the door. Uh, with something interesting. It's better than the rubber chicken circuit that I did when I was working, you know, you go and it's even a boring sit down dinner and, you know, at a hotel somewhere. And here instead, um, what we do is we, we provide uh, the food, the entertainment, which is a cocktail lesson. We provide the drink um, and we provide a, 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 a cocktail uh, book, recipe book. Um, all we ask is that the nonprofit uh, invite people and take the money. So we don't deal with any of the money ourselves. Um, and it makes it very easy. It's basically a one-stop shop um, uh, approach to their fundraiser. So uh, we've been very fortunate to be able to support quite a few uh, uh, nonprofits that way. That's a great approach, doing a, a complete pass-through, yeah, mm -hmm. to, to the organization. And what a great uh, way to draw people in, too, and yeah. young people at that, yeah. Um, what advice would you give to anyone who wants to write for a living? You know, um, I, I don't know that I'm the best person to ask that because I'm, I'm not actually writing for a living as much as I started uh, off late um, in life. Uh, but um, I would think that um, just writing and, uh, and don't stop. Um, just, just keep going. Um, whether or not you feel inspired one day or another, uh, get the product out um, and, and keep writing. Uh, it, I think it makes a huge difference to be able to produce uh, the books. I mean, you yourself have produced quite a few books and, and provided you know several series. So I would um, I would ask you what the advice would be. <laughs> I only have two series at this point, although I do have a couple of books that are sort of related to each other that are out there. <laughs> um, let's see, your giveaway is really awesome. You're doing a, a giveaway of a Zoom mixology lesson, right? That's right. That's right. Um, I, I did those during the pandemic uh, where we were able to support fundraisers with a, a, a Zoom lesson. Basically, uh, the way that works is that people get their own ingredients and, um, and uh, uh, I teach them how to make the, uh, the, the cocktails. And what I generally do is I work with whoever the host is to develop the uh, the menu of, uh, of cocktails that we're going to do, depending on 
you know, what kind of spirit or what kind of cocktail they like. Um, and, uh, and it can be anything from, um, I've done birthday parties, I've done uh, Zoom, you know, Zoom birthday parties, I've done fundraisers, and I've done uh, just you know, get togethers. So um, I'm, uh, I'm offering that as a, as a, as a prize uh, uh, for uh, anybody who, uh, who might be interested, if they can just show up with a, a picture of their of themselves with my book um, on a, on some of the social media that I listed on Facebook, Instagram, or trends, and I'll pick somebody and then I'll contact them and we'll work out how we can do it. Either whether they want to do it as a fundraiser for their favorite charity or just to get together, uh, it can all work out. Great. That sounds fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Well, um, uh, my book is available on, on Amazon, um, as, as are many others. Uh, I do encourage folks to uh, try to request it at an independent bookstore. Um, that's a great way to uh, support the bookstores that are in your neighborhood um, as well. So I encourage that. Very, very good. Well, I want to thank you again, Veronica, for your time. Muchas gracias por tu tiempo. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. De nada. <laughs> oh, gracias, gracias. Uh, it has been a pleasure meeting you. And uh, let's see. Let me see if I can do this right. Okay, here I am. And uh, with that, let me just add my thanks to everyone for listening for um, uh, watching on YouTube, if you're watching. And along with the uh, perks I'm offering on Patreon, I've now set up a shop there, actually. Uh, you can actually buy my Sam McRae three book box set there for a very low price, actually. Anyone can buy it there. Or you can get it for free if you become a patron on Patreon. Check it out. So that's my Patreon page. It's under shop. And on that note, our next guest will be Naomi Hirahara. <laughs> Interestingly oh, enough, oh. she'll be on next time. So until then, take care and happy reading. Mm -hmm.